Ian's Dwyer, gamblersadvisory.com, a free site, bettingangle.us, a free site. Today is Monday, June 28th, 2021. Let's talk boxing, but first remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. Now, if you don't know, this Tank Davis victory over Mario Barrios has taken on a life of its own. It's galvanized boxing. It's lightning in a bottle. Now we're hearing that Floyd Mayweather was concerned about his fighter, thought there was a chance his fighter might lose on the scorecards, right? Barrios did start fast. As I said in the earlier video, it's a tale of two fights, right? Barrios from the outside early, Tank closing the distance, winning the middle rounds, then dominating late. Right? Well, now, of course, we're hearing that Floyd lit a fire under Tank's corner. And, of course, Tank then raised his game and closed the show. Right? So fans are energized. Here online, people have asked, hey, how could Josh Taylor be undisputed at 140, but yet Tank now has a share of the title? Right, and the answer is it's a secondary title. So people want to know who Tank is going to fight next. What is Tank going to do to get a legitimate title? Right, who's Tank going to fight if he's not going to fight Josh Taylor, who has a mandatory coming up, who also has been talking about his own historical fight? He wants to take on Terrence Crawford. There is a possibility that boxing might have the last two men who were undisputed at 140 fight each other, perhaps at a catch weight, perhaps at 147 pounds, where Terrence Crawford already has a share of the title. Right? Think about it. So, Regis Progray has been online and has basically said, look, Tank, you're in my division now. Here I am. If you're going to say my name, you're going to have to meet me in the ring, and I'm going to F you up. Right? That's Regis in a nutshell. Many of you want to know why I didn't mention Regis in my earlier video. You know what? That's my mistake. If Regis, who has only lost to Josh Taylor in what I consider a location fight, in other words, had that fight been in the United States. I believe Regis wins that fight, right? I thought Regis and Josh Taylor fought a very close fight. Clearly, that's the closest fight Taylor has ever fought with anyone. And Taylor was awarded the decision. I think Pogre has fought elite fighters at 140 pounds. Tank has just arrived in the division. Like Teofimo Lopez, I believe Regis would challenge Tank's effort to take control of the pocket. And I just believe that Regis might be naturally bigger. Uh, I think Regis is better inside. As I said in an earlier video, I thought Davis was getting outboxed by Leo Santa Cruz before the KO. Uh, Pogre can actually win rounds deep in the pocket. He has a lot of Roberto Duran in him. So that's a fight people want to see. Obviously, people want to see him against Teofimo Lopez, who people understand. 
may have outgrown physically 135 pounds. And, of course, they want to see him against Josh Taylor. Right? There's even the idea of former champion at 140 pounds, Mikey Garcia, coming back down to the weight class and finding out exactly what Tank has. Now, incredibly, and I'm a bit shocked by this, Tank has entertained the thought of dropping back down to 130 pounds for his next fight. Let me just say, Tank, don't do it. Don't even think about it. I know Canelo just went up to 175, beat Kovalev, now has dropped back down uh, 7 pounds to 168 and is trying to unify the title there. But I'm just telling you, history is replete with fighters who have gained weight, have had success, and then who have lost the weight back, only to learn that they're a shell of themselves. Let's talk about one recent person. When I say recent, I'm talking about in the last 25 years. You know, I'm not sure if I've ever seen as big a gap between contenders in a division and the champion as I saw when Roy Jones Jr. ruled the roost and was beating people like an older Mike McCallum, like a Virgil Hill. Let me point out, McCallum and Hill are Hall of Famers, right? Roy Jones, you would watch a Roy Jones fight, and my goodness, the other guys, and they were quality guys weren't coming close to Jones. Jones was a freak athlete, and Jones was unorthodox. In other words, there's an interview here online where Robert Garcia is analyzing the Errol Spence-Manny Pacquiao fight. Garcia believes Spence is too young and wins that fight. But Garcia uses the word basic in talking about Spence's style, right? And Garcia, of course, was in the corner of his little brother Mikey when Mikey lost to Errol Spence, right? He said Spence does everything well, but he's basic. Jones wasn't basic. Jones was out the box. It was impossible to have sparring partners pretend they were Roy Jones in preparing for a fight. Jones was the man. So Jones gains weight. He was at light heavyweight. And understand, that was the end of a journey for Jones because Jones had been the title holder at some lighter weights. So Jones decides he's going to fight for the heavyweight title against John Ruiz, a guy who gave Evander Holofield all kinds of problems. I want people to revisit the series of fights that John Ruiz had with Evander Holofield. Right? So understand, Ruiz was a dangerous heavyweight who had been in with some dangerous heavyweights. And to make a long story short, Jones wins the heavyweight title. Though I'm just telling you, for those who remember the era, had Roy Jones walked away from the sport at that point, he would be in every conversation and I mean every conversation, as one of the best boxers who ever lived. 
right? It's If you look at the film of him against Ruiz, he's just too fast. He looks so much better, so much better than Holifield did against Ruiz, right? All Jones had to do was retire, not throw another punch. But you and I know life's not that easy. Right? Jones had kids. Roy, as now heavyweight champion, had the opportunity to get even bigger paydays. Roy decided he was too small for the heavyweight division. Right? Perhaps Roy had not heard of Joe Fraser or Rocky Marciano. Right? Um, dominant heavyweights who were not that big, quite frankly. Well, Roy loses weight, goes back down to light heavyweight, loses himself. The weight yo-yoing, and Roy wasn't that old. The weight yo-yoing ended Roy Jones being Roy Jones, right? The reflexes were gone. Your body is an interesting thing, right? You treat your body bad. And at a certain point, it's going to start treating you bad. The super athletic part of Jones. The last fight, I would argue, in which Jones is superhuman is that fight against John Ruiz. That Roy Jones ended that night. I need for Tank to think about this. Right? Because I'm just telling you. Roy Jones ends up getting stopped by Antonio Tarver. Then people forget his very next fight. He gets stopped by Glenn Johnson. Right? Don't get me wrong. Roy still has skills. But the Roy who fights Joe Calzaghe is a shell of himself. A shell of himself. Let me also say this too. There are those of us, let me raise my hand, who believes Roy should have lingered a little bit at heavyweight. Now, you recently saw Roy Jones in one of these celebrity post-retirement fights against Mike Tyson. Now, I'm not saying Roy deserved the draw, right? I thought Tyson dominated that fight, but this is boxing. It's not the first ridiculous set of scorecards I've seen, right? And it was a celebrity match scored by celebrities. So everyone was there with a nod and a wink. I'm sure both Tyson and Roy Jones were very happy with the pay-per-view numbers that fight generated. I'm sure Tyson knows he won that fight by probably seven or eight rounds. But, you know, I'm sure Tyson's also grateful that Roy Jones's name is so big that it helped them get the box office they got. Okay, okay, great, great. But importantly, I want you to look at the sizes of the guys in the fight. Roy Jones is around the same size as Mike Tyson. Right? I'm telling you, you know, I mentioned here online earlier that I thought Andre Ward, a great super middleweight, light heavyweight champion, could have made history, would have had a legitimate shot on Deontay Wilder, a heavyweight fighter who was very reliant on getting KOs to win fights and who, in my opinion, 
couldn't fight inside, right? You saw Andre Ward in that last Kovalev fight. Use lateral movement, get it inside, right? Riddle Kovalev's body. Some punches above the belt. I thought that he might be able to have some success against Wilder, who didn't weigh that much at the time. Let me point out that Archie Moore, the old mongoose, light heavyweight champion, takes on Rocky Marciano and drops him. Drops him. Right now it's boxing folklore. Archie Moore feels the referee cost him that fight. Because the referee talks to Rocky, who's hurt. Back in those days, when a guy got off the canvas, the ref was just supposed to back away. Right these days, the ref is practically asking hurt fighters what their social security numbers are. Right, well, Rocky clears his head, ends up winning the fight. But understand, history's replete with lighter guys, Michael Spinks, right, Archie Moore making spirited challenges of heavyweights. Spirited. But understand, once you get there, once a Michael Spinks beats a Larry Holmes, folks, there's no going back. The weight loss is too much. It costs Roy Jones. I believe it would cost Tank. I saw that, you know, some parts of that Showtime pre-fight series. Guys who need to lose weight, they're often wearing a lot of clothes when they run. They're trying to sweat pounds off. Now here was Tank gaining 10 pounds to fight at 140, right? He fights Santa Cruz at like 130. And I saw Tank jogging wearing a lot of clothes. Folks, he had to lose weight to make 140. Now, I know many fighters believe that if they're the bigger man in the ring and they've squeezed themselves, they've cut weight to make weight, that that gives them an advantage over a smaller man. I privately don't believe it does. One of the reasons why I'm picking Manny over Errol Spence is because I know Errol Spence has to lose weight to make weight. Understand, losing weight hurts your punch resistance. That's just reality, folks. It hurts your punch resistance. You know, also, yo-yoing eventually catches up with you. Who remembers Ricky Hatton? at the end of his career, right? The fighters who have longevity are the guys who are always in shape. I mentioned Evander Holifield earlier, Floyd Mayweather, right? He was a guy who, when he fights Oscar at 154, he didn't even weigh 154. He enters the ring weighing something like 151. Look it up. Manny Pacquiao has had fights where he's been two, three, four pounds below the weight limit. When Bernard Hopkins fought Oscar De La Hoya for Hopkins' middleweight title, Hopkins came in weighing something like 156. Not 160. 
right? The guys who are serious about the sport are disciplined. They don't yo-yo up and down and wait. If I see Tank yo-yoing up and down and wait, if he decides he's going to fight at 1.30 his next fight, then to me that's going to increase the likelihood that when he gets back to 140, he loses to a slew of fighters. Right? Being in shape is not a yo-yo type thing. You show me the fighter who's going up and then down in weight. And I'm going to show you a guy who has problems. Let me also say, too, there's some guys in history who have left the wrong impression with fans. You know, Henry Armstrong, sure, he had three of the eight belts, right? He... he was champion in three of the weight classes at a time when we only had eight weight classes. But understand, Henry himself would come in several pounds less than the weight. In other words, you can fight for a title without actually weighing that title limit. Let me close with this. Arguably history's best fighter. Ray Robinson, before he retires the first time for a career in dancing, right? Insiders know Ray Robinson was not in love with the sport of boxing. He just happened to be great at it, right? Ray Robinson fights Joey Maxim for the light heavyweight championship. Ray's winning the fight before he loses on heat exhaustion. The ref calls it because Ray starts falling apart in the ring, right? Joey Maxim says, hey, I was fighting in the same temperature as Ray. Let's say Ray made a spirited attempt to jump from 160 to 175 and fail. So he comes back to the sport. He comes back at 160. Like Roy Jones, another great fighter in history. Ray Robinson wasn't himself. He gets cuffed around at 160 pounds. He loses some fights. He wins some big fights, but he loses. Gene Fulmer roughs him up. I know he beats Gene Fulmer at one time, but the bottom line is Ray Robinson, like Roy Jones later, no longer had the gap on the competition that he had before he fought Joey Maxim. So I know, I know Floyd Mayweather is a historian of the sport of boxing. I've listened to him talk about older champions. I know he's a key advisor to Tank Davis. I'm hoping the older guys like Floyd, unlike my gardener here outside, I'm hoping the older guys dissuade Tank from losing 10 pounds for his next fight. Finally, let me close by saying 140 is a rough and tumble environment. There is an open question. Tank beat a minor champion. There is an open question on whether he can handle the undisputed champion or the key players around him. 
right? Let me also point out that Teofimo will be at 140 eventually. That's what energizes fans. Many fans are not going to consider this to be Tank's third title until Tank actually beats one of the major title holders. I hope Tank stays at 140. I'll be disappointed if he loses 10 pounds for his next fight. That's how I see it. Let me hear from you. I hope you leave your comments in the comment section of this YouTube video. Thanks for stopping by.